so glad that you're joining us on our Grace Journey podcast. At Grace Church, we are all about knowing God and reflecting His way. I hope this sermon will do just that by feeding your mind with the knowledge of God and engaging your heart to live a life reflecting His grace and truth. Well, I'm so glad you're here today. I want to continue in this theme that we've been talking about connection being connected one to another, being connected to our church, being connected to Christ. And I want to pick up by starting with something that Reverend Caroline talked about last week because I uh, was so in love with the analogy she used about Legos. I, too, uh, am a huge fan of Legos. Uh, As a child, I loved to build with them and to play with them and to make things that were sometimes exactly uh, what the little book came with. Matter of fact, I bought us a Lego today. Here, I put it right here. It's a Ferrari, probably the only Ferrari I'll ever buy. Uh, so I, I put it here for you to see. There's inside, there's a little book uh, of color uh, pages where you get to decide exactly where those Legos go. And here's like a little piece that it looks like, a little plastic piece with some raised round circles. You've probably seen these before, and certainly if you're a parent, you have absolutely stepped on these in the night and yelled because you lose your religion when you step on them with a bare foot. They, uh, they're excruciating. What I love about Legos, among the many things, about the creation or whatever, is the, the, the satisfaction of how they fit together. They just seem like they're just made to go together. And as you make the creation that starts with a little plastic piece like this and you end up with a, a little Ferrari like that, it's pretty amazing. They have everything from castles to cars to boats that even float. That always was amazing to me. And now you can go to places like uh, Legoland, of course, or uh, well, what used to be called Downtown Disney, now it's called Disney Springs. And you can see Legos uh, that really are just little pieces like this, but they put together and they make these incredible creations. Maybe you've seen them, right? Full-scale replicas of uh, buildings around the world, or they have the, uh, the dragon that goes in the water, or Buzz and Woody from Toy Story, all made out of Legos. I love that. At the end of the day, though, They're just a piece of plastic, we can't forget that, with some raised circles, that's all they are. And in that little box right there are 179 little pieces just like that. So if you use all 179, you get a little Ferrari just like that. Now, Reverend Caroline talked about this last week, these little bags they come in. So this is what it looks like, little colored pieces. And what if I decided that 179 pieces was just, that's just too many. That's just, that's just too many pieces. Who wants to deal with that many pieces? And what if I just said, you know what, I want it to be less complicated. I'm going to make my car with fewer Legos. Would I still get one of the fastest race cars in the world? Would I still have the satisfaction of completing that job, of putting all the pieces where they go and having that beautiful Ferrari at the end? The answer is no. Not a chance. Without all the pieces together, without their connectedness, it becomes just a pile of plastic nothing. That's it. Now, I'm sure you can probably see where I'm going here on this, that the Legos are very much like church. We are a collection of people with various sizes and shapes and colors, and individually, we may not look like much, but when we are together, when we come together under this banner of God and what he's doing in our lives, we become what he intended us to be, something far greater, something better even than a supercar. We become stronger than those individual Lego pieces. 
And God takes our chaos and with his design becomes something spectacular. Now last week, Reverend Caroline used those Legos as a way to focus on our connection as a family. Today I want to talk about how that connection actually makes us individually and as a body stronger. How those things make us stronger. But here's the problem, right from the start. Let's just admit it. Let's just call it for what it is. We don't often feel stronger because we're connected. I know that you come to church and maybe you feel a little better while you're here. Maybe you feel connected to the people here. But when you leave, you feel less connected. You don't feel strong anymore. You feel alone. You feel isolated. Or maybe you feel connected when you're here, but then you go home and you're like, some of those people at church are wingnuts. I actually don't want to be connected to them. Life is messy. Life often has little control in it, and it is extremely complicated. And so as I was thinking about what would be a more accurate description of God's complicated nature of what he's drawing us together, I was reminded of a book I read when I was away on my renewal time. I read this book called The Hidden Life of Trees. Uh, so I'm a nerd who loves trees. That's my confession to you, like an AA group. Um, and this book is all about how trees work together, how they actually talk to each other. They talk very, very slowly. But when one tree is in distress, very commonly another tree will send its nutrients to that tree if they are connected. So recently they discovered that there is the biggest organism in the entire world is in Utah on the shores of this lake called uh, Fish Lake. It's called the Pandu, and it's about 100 acres of aspen trees. 100 acres of aspen trees. So imagine, if you can, that many aspen trees, that when you look at them, they all look like little individual trees, and yet under the surface, all of the roots aren't just intertwined, they are actually connected to one another, so that if one tree has a problem, the other trees know it, they support it, they care for it, and they make that tree stronger. They live together, the pandu does, uh, these uh, aspen trees. They live together as one single unit, and it's, they think it's the biggest organism in the world. So if an uh, individual tree, and actually this is true of other trees too, uh, so here you go, this is all very boring tree stuff, but I love it. Uh, Acacia trees do something very, very similar. Acacia trees, when the giraffes come to eat the acacia trees in, um, in Africa, they will emit a little hormone that tells the other acacia trees down the road, hey, a giraffe's coming, make your leaves bitter so that the giraffe doesn't want it anymore. They work together as a single unit. Though they don't seem to be connected, they are, in fact, connected. They are stronger, and they survive because they're connected. Brothers and sisters, that's us. We're the same. Look at our gospel readings today. Let's look at Luke 15, and if you've been in church in any time, in your, I mean, in any length of time, you're going to know these parables. They're very common, are they not? Jesus said, which of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the 99 and go into the wilderness until he finds the one that he's lost? And when he's found it, lays it on his shoulders and rejoices, and when he comes home, he calls his friends together and saying to them, rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep that was lost. Now, if you're maybe a pragmatist, you think, wait, you have 99. What's with the one? Pretty simple, guys. 
99 was never the plan. 100 was always the plan. The shepherd didn't want 99. He didn't want 98. He didn't want 50 sheep. 100 is all he ever wanted. So when the one comes back, when he rescues the one, there's a party because nobody is expendable. None of you are expendable. Even the wingnuts need to be here. We all need each other. Think about it this way. I love this too because I think it just makes so much sense to me. Maybe you've seen pictures or maybe you've visited the headwaters of some of the big rivers here in the United States, the Mississippi or the Colorado or the Rio Grande. If you've been to where those rivers start, if you've seen pictures of where they start, let me just tell you, basically nothing. A few drops of melted snow is how each of those rivers begins. And then those drops, they become a trickle. That trickle begins to form a channel in the ground. Those channels then run into a stream, and that stream becomes a river. And they go from individual drops to a raging force of nature. And that, that force is so strong, it can carve something as amazing as the Grand Canyon. It can literally erode stone and make the deepest gouge in the earth that you can see from space. How did it all start? Just a little bit of water. Water comes together. Water comes together, and it's no different when it comes together at the beginning. But as it begins to join, little by little, it gains, gains strength. It becomes a force. 99 is good. 100 is best. Look at the second story Jesus tells. About a woman who has misplaced a coin. And it might be uh, something that you look at. You look at that parable and you think, well, she's just cheap. Or maybe she is uh, economically disadvantaged. She's poor, and so she needs that extra coin so badly. I don't think it's either one of those things. Nine is good. Ten is best. That's what it is. Being together, all ten together, is the best and strongest place for her coins, for the sheep, and for the people of God, which is us. Our togetherness as believers is the strength that, where our strength comes from for us to move forward. And it's not about staying safe, it's not about protecting each other, but it's actually about us changing the world that God has put us in. You don't need to look much further than creation itself. From the very beginning, God created Adam alone in the garden, and when God saw that he was alone, he knew that it wasn't good for him, so he created Eve as well as a companion. So it doesn't matter if you're introverted or if you're extroverted, it doesn't matter what your personality style is. All of us were created for relationship, for togetherness. So hear this loud and clear. It doesn't matter how you participate in this body. What matters is you participate in this body, that you are a part of it. In fact, I would argue that the differences that make you different than everybody else is exactly the key that God is looking for among this place right here. God loves unique talents. He loves the passions that you have. He has given you those things to see them expressed in his body. And as we build community, 
as we build fellowship here at Grace, we become stronger. I hope you see that. I also want to be clear, this isn't about just gathering people together. This isn't about making more people or counting more heads or filling more seats. That is not God's goal. It's about using those numbers to bring more influence, to use the skills that God has given you to make this world more compassionate to find people who need relationship and join them together and say, this is where you belong. Welcome home. More love, more ministries, more support. All of those things, when they happen here, it impacts the world around us because it shouldn't just happen here. Matter of fact, we're the only organization that exists for the people not yet in the building. So I'm glad you're here today, but who's not here yet is right on God's heart right now. And so he's given you gifts and abilities and skills as believers that he wants you to use in this place so that more people can see the work of God at work in the world. Did you also notice in the gospel the one really important number between the two parables? That number is one. It's the most important number, one sheep. One, one coin. We are called to be one. This sermon is brought to you by the number one. <laughs> Being one is how we are together. We aren't two. We aren't just a few. We aren't instructed to act like we're one. Or we're not told, you know what, if you're sort of kind of united, that'll be okay. No. We are called to be one. So which Lego piece don't we need? Well, if you want the car, if you want the Ferrari, you need every one of them. Now, I know that our independent spirits sometimes get the best of us. I know that we struggle with belonging to each other, with doing life with each other. We want to do our own thing, and we put our priority on ourselves. But belonging together is about survival at the most elemental level. If your eyeball decides to detach from your body, it's not good for your eyeball or your body. Both lose. Same is true for your heart or your ear or your big toe. You need all of those things working together for one purpose. That is a good life. And when they detach or if they fall off or they get hurt, you are in trouble. You recognize that loss. As a church, we feel that as well. As a church, we're called to be one, to be a place of refuge, not a place of judgment, to be a place where we can be honest with our struggles, where we can make mistakes with each other and still find forgiveness. In a world that's so filled with unforgiveness, isn't that radical enough? This can be a place of great service. This can be a place where the kingdom of God it's being expressed through you in rest and in worship and in service and in healing to a world that knows none of those things. So, how do we come together as one? How do we get stronger? Well, I really only know one thing, and that is to change. To begin to change. If you think you're here just for you, let me just tell you, you're not. You're here for a greater purpose. And change 
is how we're going to make that happen, by getting involved with our lives together. Now, what I love about this is that for years, uh, neurologists thought that if you changed your thoughts, that would cause you to change your actions. They no longer think that anymore, actually. What they say now is you first need to, if you want to create a new habit, you need to start doing that habit, and then your, your thoughts will follow that. So you need to begin with some new actions, and your brain will actually rewire itself. They call it neuroplasticity. I was talking to a friend of mine this week who is a counselor who, deal, who helps folks uh, in addiction. And they used to think that there were certain drugs that when you took those drugs, like meth or crack cocaine, you were forever addicted. They now know it's not true. Now, he told me that for every one year that someone uses meth, it takes 10 years to rewire the brain, to get the meth out of there. Now, that may sound discouraging to you. He was actually elated because how it used to be thought of is once they did it one time or did it for a year, they were never coming back. They were, they were gone. Those people were lost. So he was like, it's only 10 years. We can do this. And I was like, Joel, you're crazy, man. That's a lot of time. Better, I'm glad you're in the right job there. So do you want to grow? Do you want to be the man or the woman, the child of God that God knows you are? If so, then begin to change. Begin new actions. Begin engaging in this body of believers, working those muscles, forming new brain pathways. Maybe you don't think those things yet, but you're willing just to change and try them and let your brain re rewire itself. Because together, we are stronger when we trust God in service when we encourage each other, when we support each other in that journey, God will change us and this church, and then he'll change Ocala. And I have the perfect way for you to do that. I wouldn't leave this without an option for you to do this. After church today, we're going to have a, a, a coffee hour next door. And on the center table, right in the middle of the parish house, are a bunch of lists of things that happen here at Grace all the time. Places that you can begin to work your muscle, to change and grow togetherness, grow that strength here at Grace. We're calling it Help Wanted Sunday. Help Wanted Sunday. But I really want you to think about it in terms of like rewiring your brain. You're going to rewire your brain by doing something new. And so I want you to go next door, have some coffee, have some cookies, hang out with some folks, but also look at those lists and say, okay, uh, all there's, and there's probably 10 or 15 lists there. Maybe you say, you know what, I don't like any of these things, but I will sign up for one because it will cause me to change, and I want to be together with this body. When you do that, you will find God's surprises. God has surprises in store for you that you don't know about yet, and so simply by putting your name on that list and committing to work in that area, you will begin to meet God in new ways. I want to encourage you to surrender some of your time, some of your energy, not because the church needs you, but because you need the church, because you need each other. I need you and you need me. Together is the best place. Church will, of course, never be a perfect place. We'll never have the perfect organization because we're filled with imperfect people. That's fine with me. But I don't want to use that fact as an excuse to settle for habits and practices that we know are going to cause us to fall short, that we know are not going to cause us to grow, that we know aren't going to help us be the body that Jesus wants us to be. 
Instead, I want us to experience his joy together, serving, blessing, loving one another. When we do, we become healthy. We become full. We become gracious. We become people that we want to be, but we weren't sure how to get there. Today, we are the strongest because we are one in him. With that in mind, let me pray for us. Father, we thank you that you have uh, called us to be together, that when we are together, we are stronger, but not by our own will or our own might, but by yours. I pray, God, that you would put right now in each of our hearts and in our minds something new that we could do to be a part of that strengthening here at Grace. Not because it needs to be done, but because we want to be different and changed. Help us to see that when we're together, everything changes, not just here on earth, but in heaven as well. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To find out more about what's going on here at Grace Church, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, our website, graceocala.org, or, of course, on our campus here in sunny Ocala, Florida. Go in peace.